Hello, welcome to Seen Them Given, the show that casts an eye on the laws of football and those who enforce them. Coming up, has refereeing gone back 15 years? We'll be watching wrestling this weekend. That the view of a couple of Premier League managers. Contact and the consequences of contact. Four penalty decisions that might have been given last season weren't awarded should any of them have been looked at again. Could Liam Cooper or Emmy Martinez have seen red this weekend? And is it possible to stop players taking one for the team? All that to come. With me as always, the former FIFA referee and former head of the PGMOL, Keith Hackett. Good to see you, Keith. Mike, late to be back on. Uh, first of all, uh, here's one to get us started. How do you deal with Neil Warnock or situations that might come from Neil Warnock or managers who are very let's say, less than impressed by what they've seen on the field of play. Uh, after the defeat against QPR last week, a 3-2 home defeat, uh, referee Steve Martin got an earful of Neil Warnock's thoughts at full time. Look, as a referee, when you get a manager coming onto the pitch and, well, disagreeing in perhaps strong terms with the way that you've officiated the game, what can and should you do? Well, I think that you've got to hold your position and try to be neutral. Uh, there's a point at which, uh, of course, the law could be applied and that is it could give a red card to uh, to Neil Warnock or, or even a yellow if you felt that was appropriate. But managers do get frustrated by refereeing decisions. Sometimes they don't go their way. I've always found Warnock, his ability and knowledge of the law to be top drawer, uh, make no mistake, he's got a history, he was a qualified referee. Um, and therefore, he's had that refereeing experience, which also gives him a, a, another look at how laws are applied. So uh, for me, I think the referee's got to say, you know, openly, come and join me. Uh, join me in the dressing room. Let's hear what your frustrations are. Let's discuss them. Normally, there's a 30-minute cooling off period. I would just like, in football generally for the lawmakers to not allow any manager to come onto the field of the match at the end of the game. You know, there's those sly digs, well done ref, you've ruined another good game for us. Um, those sort of comments, or it's about time you retired. I can remember Steve Evans doing that to, not Steve Evans, Roy Evans at Liverpool, having refereed my last match at, against Manchester United. It wasn't public knowledge that it was my last match, but I can remember him knocking on my dressing room door after the match and uh, and saying, about time you retired. And I said, well, actually, this is my last match. And he, he sort of looked gobsmacked. <laughs> um, Neil Warnock is a passionate guy, and he does go over the top. There's no question about that. We all know that. Uh, but he's also a guy that you can actually, once he's calmed down, have a really good conversation with. And he might even see your side of any form of uh, argument or, if you like, uh, highlighting how you saw it. And therefore, it's an informed discussion. Out on the football field, it just, I think, tarnishes the image of the game. What are the circumstances then in which you would reach for a, a yellow or a red card uh, for, for a manager? I appreciate when you were refereeing, this wasn't an option available to you, but it is now. Um, so what would the marks that were being stepped over be for maybe a card to come out? I'm, I'm very clear on that. Uh, if, if that manager calls me a cheat, then that's, that's the end of the matter. 
And I'll tell you what, if he knocks on my dressing room door 30 minutes after the match, I'll just be telling him to go away. That's the, as clear as day. I think that if we allow managers to get away with calling you a cheat, then that's that's that for me is the card, the most cardinal sin. Call me other names and I might just let them go over my head and might have a smile and be, look bemused. But I think calling someone a cheat is just like the worst. Let's get into the Premier League action this weekend. And it was, I guess, an inevitability that there would be some complaining. The fact that it's happened quite so soon might be a bit of a surprise over the uh, new standards that are being applied to what is a foul and what isn't this season in the top flight, Keith. Jurgen Klopp and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer are not happy with some of the lenient refereeing that they feel they've been seeing. A couple of quotes for you. Jurgen Klopp saying it's like we're going back 10 to 15 years backwards. Solskjaer, if that's the way we want to go, we will get injuries. Keith, from what you've seen this weekend, do they have a case? I think in the case of Solskjaer, it's probably around the foul that took place. Fernandes was clearly fouled. No matter what level or standard of officiating that you're doing, whether, you know, wherever the bar is in terms of the laws of the game, this was a foul that led to a goal. It was pretty poor refereeing by local guy, Craig Pawson. And and I think he should have seen that. I think his assistant should have come in and done the right thing and flagged. And then VAR could even come in and say, look, you've made an error with a free kick in the build-up and it should be awarded. So I, th- I think that it doesn't matter matter whether you you know you've got a higher threshold operating that for me is a foul and that would i think upset any manager let us talk about the the two that have come out i think first of all we've got referees fans players and managers generally loving the lighter touch because we're seeing referees taking a risk applying advantage keeping the game flowing rather than the stop, 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 stop. And we've also seen a a much reduced interference level with VAR. That all, if you like, aspect and approach has come about through Euros, but it's also come at the request of the clubs and the Premier League. So Mike Riley has been told in no uncertain terms, this is how we want your match officials to operate. Mike Riley, in response to that, can say, well, I understand that, fine, I'm going to do that. However, I'm the key holder that the referees apply the laws of the game. You, Mr. Clubs, you, Mr. Premier League, you're really not involved in that process. That's for me to actually take on that role and ensure that the laws of the game are applied. Now, the two that's raised the issue, and and more Jurgen Klopp's one, about wrestling and going back 10, 15 years. Well, I just take him back a year. I take him back to last year. I could take him back another five years, certainly. And I have witnessed and made comments about grappling inside the penalty area going unpunished. So all of a sudden, we want a a complete change. That's what Klopp is implying, that we want every... Uh, holding offence inside the penalty area to be penalised. Now, I, I, to some degree, last year, I'm saying, well, look, come on, guys, you can't let this old situation evolve. Now, I just want to talk to you a little bit about opening up 
what an holding offence is in terms of the laws of the game and, and the approach, because referees are reminded in the laws of the game to make an early intervention and to deal firmly with holding offences, especially inside the penalty area, at corner kicks and free kicks. That's a very clear instruction from the lawmakers, the IFAB. And then it goes on to say, to deal with these situations, there's a three-step process. One, the referee must warn any player holding an opponent before the ball is in play. So he's got a corner kick, he's seeing it happen, go in and warn. And we see that. We see referees doing that, warning the players. Then the second bit is before the ball comes into play, if it continues, caution the player. If the holding continues, caution him. And then thirdly, which would stop it, award a direct free kick or a penalty kick, make the judgment. But over the years, and remember, this is, you know, almost become a tradition. We don't see penalty kicks awarded that often for holding inside the penalty area. We see the occasional free kick awarded. So this is, you know, you're not going to get that change immediate. And I have to say to, to, to both managers, why weren't you saying this last season? Why didn't you in your pre-season meetings with Mike Riley over many years or say to him, look, we're unhappy with holding and pulling inside the box. So for me, I think that that's an important aspect and it would, it would require a major change. And by that, I mean a discussion with all managers and saying, look, this is what we're going to do. The other, the other point that I, I would also emphasize is that I think it's so important that Perhaps six weeks into the season, Mike Riley, the PGMOL, the Premier League, hold meetings with the managers to discuss how the, the application of this lighter touch is, is going. Are they, as clubs, getting more players injured? But for me at the moment, I'm enlightened by the fact that I'm seeing some really first-class appreciating. And, and no better than Paul Tierney, who, who was easily my referee of the, of the, of the weekend. In the Arsenal-Chelsea game, if you look at the second goal that Chelsea scored, it was from the most magnificent advantage. And he took a risk. And I think that's really good because that's what we want. He was also in a great position to look at Saka, who stumbled a bit and then went to ground, screened for a penalty kick, that clearly was not given another good decision. And this is interesting because I'm glad you come on to that because the theme from Mike Riley this summer has been not just contact being a foul, but the consequences of that contact being sufficient for there to be a foul. So James on Saka in the Arsenal-Chelsea game, clearly has been ruled there's there is some contact there, but there's clearly not enough for there to be a penalty, but we can look at Leeds against Everton, Mina on Bamford in the final few seconds of that game. There was Trent Alexander-Arnold uh, with the challenge on Dwight McNeil, Liverpool-Burnley, and Oliver Skip on Nelson Semedo in the Wolves-Spurs game as well. All of those might have been given last season, but weren't this season. Did did we get them all right? No, we didn't. Uh, again, I, I can look clinically and replay and replay and replay and say, this is the law. The law says a direct free kick or a penalty kick is awarded if, if a player charges an opponent, 
jumps an opponent, pushes an opponent, kicks or attempts to as an opponent. The other one that I really want to talk is, is, is just emphasize is that if a player trips or even attempts to trip, that is a direct free kick. And so this is where, you know, we don't want every free kick being blown for. But I do think when offences take place in the penalty area, then the right awards have got to be given. I, I generally thought early in that Leeds game, Bamford was pulled back. Darren England, the referee, played a terrific advantage. He should have come back and issued a card to that defender who pulled Bamford back. Now, I've got to tell you this. On looking at it, I think distance, direction of play towards goal, position of defenders outside the area, clear foul. I'm saying red card. Now, others and other referees might say, no, a yellow card sufficient. But if you're going to apply... Uh, the laws of the game with a lighter touch, you've still got to do your job. And even if you've applied, applied an advantage, taking the risk as a referee, you still have to apply the law. So I would have liked Darren to go back and to have issued a card of the colour of his choice. Mine would have been red. He might have gone yellow, but he gave, he gave nothing. In the case of Bamford, I think Bamford's a pretty honest player. I don't think he's a ducker and diver. I think he just gets on with the game. He enjoys it. It's great to watch. I think he's very unfortunate that he didn't get a penalty kick because I do believe he was pulled. This is why it's so important that on a fortnightly meeting, meeting the referees chat, they show the video clips, Mike Riley discusses with them, or there's effective coaching at the grounds with the coaches watching the referees monitor what they're doing and then actually saying to them, look, to the ones that are, are still not adapting to the lighter touch, free up a bit. You've got a bit of license from Mike Riley to do that. And to the ones that are going OTT, i.e. allowing too much, then that coach or that referee manager, in the case of Mike Riley, should be saying, look, tighten up a little bit. It's an adjustment. But ultimately, six weeks down the line, a debate around the table with the managers, with Riley, he can then have that debate. What's your feelings? Okay, Mr. Klopp, you're unhappy. I don't think we want to go back 10, 15 years. Actually, let's go back to the 70s when the Football League issued us as young referees with a very clear edict that we'd allow, we were allowing too much. So this is about the training and education of referees and getting them to adjust to what the requirements are of the PGMOL management and obviously the input of the clubs and and, uh, and the Premier League. Well, this seems like an important point, Keith, because uh, you'll have seen this pendulum swing so many times over the years between letting the game flow and making sure the best players on the pitch are not chopped down and kicked out of the game. And there is there's, that's gone back and forth so, yeah. so many times. Is there ever this actual happy balance that we're ever going to strike? Because ultimately, if something happens to a player on your team, you're going to want the foul. And if it happens to the opposition, you're going to want the referee to let it go. Mike, it is about balance. But I, I think, again, if if the clubs like in Euro, the, okay, international teams, top-class players, they bought into the referee's freedom. You know, and we've seen that. We've seen, okay, we're only in week two. But what we have seen is we've seen, uh, you know, the, the, the concentration of media coverage is not necessarily about 
individual referees or referees as a whole. But what we've had is, you know, we've had a manager come in and express concerns. Now, look, again, I reiterate, 30 minutes after the match, he's dealing with a top-class referee, a long-established referee, Mike D, right? Mike Dean has adjusted. And, I, okay, it, we're only two weeks in. Mike Dean's average uh, over recent years has been four yellow cards in the game. Now, in this game, he didn't. So he stepped back a bit. He's adapted to what his bosses want. And therefore, Klopp could have knocked on his door and had a conversation with a warm and friendly voice in, in Mike Dean. Because Mike Dean has a personality, he has experience, he's, he's able to cope with those sort of situations as a former international referee. And he should be allowed that. Rather than what I think was a public spat at Mike Dean saying, you're too liberal, mate, right? And, and does that mean that we're going to see next time Mike Dean going to a shell? Or is Klopp being cynical and trying to influence the referee between Liverpool and Chelsea, which comes up next week. So for me, you've got lines of communication, 30 minutes after the game, knock on the referee's door, chat to him, tell him, be, be open, have a debate. And the referee might just say, okay, I agree. I'll adjust next time. But for me, I thought Mike Dean had a good game. I, I mean, I'm not, you know, okay, there might have been the odd challenge, but that's the game of football. And it's Mike Dean's judgment. Uh, I didn't see players carried off on a stretcher and I don't see any going back to what was in the past. Now, let me tell you another point here. And that is some teams at the very top level of the Premier League score a lot of their goals through set pieces. And so they're happy for the referee to blow on every free kick. You know, I, I can remember Arsene Wenger having a conversation with me saying, Keith, I have to tell you, your, your referees are too liberal. This is a foul. Yes, it is. He's applied the advantage. I don't want an advantage. I want the free kick. That's a better outcome for me. And I'm saying, well, you don't, you don't know that policy to instruct the referees to do that. That's my role, and I'm not going to instruct them to do that. I want a free-flowing, entertaining game. That's what the Premier League have built its reputation on as being the ref best, best league in the world. So it is about discussion, debate. You know, Mike Riley coming out of his ivory tower, and, and I think he's done a, a bit of that it's in recent weeks. He's, he's tried to convey what's happening. He's taken on board what the Premier League want, the clubs want, and good on him. Now what he's got to do is, is, is not just go away from it. It's, it's a, almost a match-by-match-by-match match match measurement as to what is acceptable. But the important aspect here is that he requires from clubs almost a weekly report or a monthly report at, at, at the worst that says these are the number of players that are on the treatment table as a result of this lighter touch. Seen Them Given is supported by Premier Events, one of the UK's leading event management and event production companies. Premier pride themselves not only on offering first-class customer service, but more importantly, they take the stress out of planning events for corporate and private clients alike. Many of us are working more from home, so whether it's a fully virtual business update on Premier's very own streaming platform, a glamorous in-person awards ceremony, or a hybrid of the two for a retailer conference, 
Premier has everything under one roof to deliver stress-free, world-class events. Premier's team supports you every step of the way. That includes creating and designing content to ensure your audience is engaged and motivated, proud and energised. Whatever your goal, Premier's experienced creative team are on hand to guide you through the process. From their base in Leicestershire, Premier are perfectly positioned to service the whole of the UK and beyond. They even offer a free venue finding service for in-person events to ensure you get the best space possible for your budget. Visit www.premier-limited.com to take the first step towards taking the stress out of your next event. Let's uh, move on to some of the cards that weren't issued this weekend that perhaps could have been Keith. Uh, Leeds against Everton, you mentioned one earlier, but also a penalty that was awarded for Liam Cooper holding Dominic Calvert-Lewin in the box. No attempt to play the ball. A yellow card was given. Could it have been a red? Not every penalty kick awarded requires a card. You know, maybe maybe the lighter touch could have been. I've given the free kick. I've given the penalty kick, and that's that's if you like sufficient punishment on the day. And the referee makes that judgment. But okay, I think he went for the the option of a yellow. I'd support the yellow. You know, given what's in front of him. Uh, but again. This is this is the balance that the referees have got to find in the coming weeks. We're second week into the competition. And and I think generally what I'm seeing is referees who seem to be more in touch and in tune with the game. I've seen superb fitness levels. You know, last year, I think the referees suffered from a fatiguing point of view because the reliance was on too few officials to referee the games. There's 20 referees now. That means that VAR and fourth official roles can be be done by the new boys on the block and somebody like Taylor, Oliver, Dean, Atkinson, Mariner can be rested at times and used on the big games. So I'm clear on that. I think the move to have more referees is the right one. Aston Villa against Newcastle. Now, Newcastle thought they'd won a penalty. Uh, correctly, it wasn't a penalty because there was an offside in the build-up, a marginal one, but that's the way they are, and it it was offside. However, uh, Emmy Martinez, the challenge on Callum Wilson when he came to the edge of his area and clattered into the Newcastle forward, is there any argument to say that amounted to violent conduct? It was a very clumsy-looking challenge. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I saw that challenge and thought it was red. The ball had gone. The goalkeeper knew exactly what he wanted to do. And I think this is a really dangerous situation that we've got to keep, you know, okay, we say often the goalkeeper gets the benefit of the doubt, but again, he's got a duty of care towards his opponent. So for me, this was a penalty kick. It was the correct decision. The colour of the card, I, I would have given red. And then we, we have the VAR coming in, highlighting offside, the offside decision. And, you know, when we look at the criteria that they've laid down and they've said to us, this is how it's going to operate, there was a gap between the lines and hence the offside is given. I, I would pose a, a, a question, and that is, uh, given how close that decision was, and the Sala one in the Liverpool game, is the, is the broadcasting line, as they refer it to, that, that broader line, is it broad enough? 
<laughs> well, uh, that's one that we're going to maybe come back to another time. But well, we've only got an hour, Keith. Yeah, I just, I'd be saying, look, these are these are really tight calls. They're offside. They're the correct calls, and of course, it was the right call. And and Steve Bruce said, well, they haven't shown the lines. Well, they showed us the lines, and that was to give us clarification and to avoid any dispute. And the lines are there is a gap, and therefore. That's, that's what the PGML has said. I applaud the fact that they're using a broader line and they've adopted UEFA and the Dutch system. And I and as a result of that, <clears throat> I will accept these offside decisions as being correct calls. Just on a point of clarity, um, just in case anyone is wondering, because the offside has been given, you are still as a referee entitled to dismiss a player for violent conduct, even if it happens after that offside moment as it were yeah uh if a player commits an act of violence or, or uh, uh serious foul play and you're you're taking the offense back in this case really offside you you still retain that uh, that sanction now you've already uh doled out a little bit of praise in the show but this is the point in the program keith where we do like to uh, say to referees who've done a good job you've done a good job so who would you like to to nominate this week to uh to highlight as uh, an excellent performance this weekend. Well, without a shadow of a doubt, um, you know, Paul Tierney, low-key approach, fitness and mobile, he took up some great positions, quality of decision-making, top draw. He, he was easily the most outstanding referee, but I'm not going to go without saying something about another referee who I equally enjoyed watching. I think Stuart Atwell, is by far the fittest referee on the Premier League. He covers the ground like a gazelle. He gets in great positions. And, and for me, he made some terrific decisions and calls. Stuart, by the way, refereed Wolves Tottenham. There was the Deli Alley foul. He, he correctly awarded a penalty kick from a great position. And then later in the game, Wolves had a call for a penalty kick which he again was really close to play he gave it the big no no it's not a penalty kick VR here checked it and confirmed that it was the right decision so on two big calls he got it right let's not dismiss or, or fail to praise a referee on the big calls because this is what we want from our top class referees on the Premier League we want ultimately the big decisions to be absolutely 100%. That's their aim. That is their target. And because Tierney and Atwell move around the field of play with ease, so be it. And I also think, you know, I'm not going to pass because I also saw Mike Dean at Liverpool delivered a really good performance despite what Klopp says. He's not, you know, he's a bit like Marmite, Mike Dean, but I have to tell you from my aspect, I'm a supporter because I've watched him develop his career. I've watched him communicate. He's got his own personality. I've said that before. He uses it out on the field of play. But the one thing that he's really outstanding, he's got huge courage. He doesn't care about anybody, including the PGL management. If he thinks that's a red card, it's a red card. But to go away from a Premier League game without any cards, that is a rare occurrence for Mike Dean. Now, it's time to move on to suggested law changes 
uh, something we do on the podcast uh, every week. Uh, just some feedback from last week. We were talking about whether referees should be uh, timekeepers or or not, Keith, and, and the idea of the referee uh, having... Uh, the time management of the game taken away uh, was something that I think you were broadly in support of. This from Peter, who got in touch with us on Twitter. If football wants less time management manipulation by players, it should take a leaf uh, from the rule book of handball, where there's a separate timekeeper and two referees. In addition to that, uh, referees can also blow against the team playing deliberately slowly. Uh, which is uh, an interesting suggestion. There was also mention of a trial that was being conducted, and I don't know whatever happened to this, but the idea of playing two 30-minute halves instead of 45, but the clock being stopped whenever the ball went out of play. So the idea is you get at least 60 minutes of playing time, and when we consider last week the average is actually something like 55 minutes, that's actually more football that we would get to see. What what do you feel about that sort of move, Keith? I think it would be an improvement. Uh, I'm I'm really concerned here because, first of all, are referees applying sufficient added time? I think not. And often the debate is, has the referee got too much to do? So that's why I favour uh, having an independent timekeeper. And I do think that that would benefit the game and, and help referees. The idea of two 30-minute matches, I think that, you know, if if that is for the future and, con- and future consideration, I think if they plan to make that sort of change, then they've got to experiment in a, in a competition before they, they would apply it with a clock. So I think, I think in both situations, there's a benefit. Ease the referee's burden, take away one other, an, another area of conflict that sometimes exists from the referee, have an independent timekeeper. I think the idea of two 30 minutes is is a good one. Uh, it's one that should be trialled. I'm happy that futsal and other sports do have independent timekeepers. Uh, I think it helps the game. Now, this week, in terms of a law change idea, something from the championship uh, that was highlighted again this weekend, and it involves uh, Barnsley midfielder Callum Styles. Now, before I go on with this, Callum Styles is a wonderful footballer, young lad who's got plenty of potential. I'm sure he will go very, very far in the game, but he's also a very smart cookie. Queen's Park Rangers against Barnsley at the weekend. Callum Styles stopping a very promising counter-attack from inside the Queen's Park Rangers half. So he was, he was making no attempt to play the ball, it is much too far away from goal to have been denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. But should challenges like that, which are so cynical, have a greater punishment? Because at the moment, the calculation from the player is, well, I'll get a yellow card for this, but that is more than worth stopping a promising counter-attack. I do think uh, it does need a, a higher penalty threshold. And uh, I think that's easily done. Uh, by the Football Association and and the competition. Because, you know, I think at the moment, players can have five yellow cards before they're actually suspended. So in that situation, create a double jeopardy clause within the regulations of the championship, not within the referee. No need to change the laws, keep the laws the same, but recognise that when that is reported, uh, then it should have a double jeopardy penalty. In the same way, I would treat 
acts of simulation, diving to cheat, exactly the same. So it, so for me, it, it's under that umbrella. And players hate it, don't they? They don't like being called cheats. But in a sense, uh, that's what he's done. He's, he's not cheated the referee. He's cheated the opposition. And to some degree, taken away a piece of entertainment because Addy allowed the ball to pass, then the opposition might have gone on to score. So for me, it's a balance, but I do think and I do agree that just the simple yellow card uh, is insufficient. But I think I think it's dealt with in the administration rather than on the field of play. I wouldn't expect any higher penalty. I wouldn't expect a red card in that situation. Would you be outlining something like the referee puts the incident in the match report and therefore you know a one-game ban might come from the resulting report is that what you're saying for for a challenge yes. like that uh, yeah i'm i'm suggesting that in acts of simulation and in this thing where where it's an act that's cynical and that can be easily defined by the referee on the field of play and all he does is in his post-match report to the football association not the authorities remember it's the football association who issue the sanctions of suspensions and and fines not the not the competition generally so in that situation uh, let it let the league say we're unhappy with this because it damages the image of our game. I think simulation does. I think the incident that you've just talked about does. You know, is the issue of a yellow card going to uh, ensure that that wonderful player? And I agree with you. He's got a great, exciting future ahead of him. Is he going to do it again? You know, what you're trying to do. Laws of the game are trying to ensure that the game is played fairly and that players have respect for each other and a duty of care towards each other and and not damage the image of the, and tarnish the image of the of the game of football that we love and therefore yeah on the current rules current legislation the yellow card is is there if the referee wanted even though it's distance if he believed it denied an obvious goal he's got a red card that's that's taken care of on the field of play i think it's post uh, the game in terms of administration as always if you've got a question for keith hello at seenthemgiven.co.uk is the email address you can get in touch with the show you can also find us on twitter at seen underscore them underscore given was the best name we could come up with at the time uh, if you, you want to pose a scenario to keith as well or perhaps suggest a law change you can get in touch with us in exactly the same way and now if you stay with us for the whole show thanks so much for your support thanks for listening make sure you tell people about the show uh, so they can find it also another great way of doing that is by leaving a rating or a review at your podcast provider of choice it helps other people uh, discover the show we'll be here every monday of the season uh, to review what's been going on over the weekend and indeed uh, over the week of football until next time keith thanks as always for your company thanks mike we will see you next time